Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message from Norm Oberlin, pastor of Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will help strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy. And now, here is Pastor Norm. I wanted to start today just by examining a couple of things. This is week three of Chase the Lion. In his study, Mark Batterfield Mark Batterfield concentrates on inspiring the people of God to dream dreams that are so much bigger than ourselves. Do you think that the Lord put us here so that we could have tiny little dreams? Is that the kind of God we serve? You know, everything he does is just amazing, right? Even if you just look at yourself, the way you can move your fingers and toes and you hear, and I mean, everything works together for good right? That's the kind of God we serve. And he wants us to come into his presence. He wants us to demonstrate to the world what it means to have a loving Savior and an awesome God as Lord. That's what he's calling us to do today. So when we step up to God's challenges, and I love this, he moves heaven on earth for us. Can I get a good amen? How many of you are ready to see him move in the supernatural on your behalf. Man, I'm telling you what, I'm ready to see some miracles take place. The darkness may appear to be getting darker, but that just means the light's going to shine ever brighter. Hallelujah. Well, in this study, we're focusing on 2 Samuel, and if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to chapter 23. Again, David is speaking about his brave followers, these brave men of God that not only loved the Lord, but loved David and would give their lives for him. And we see that over and over and over in the Scriptures. He had some awesome people following him. And I'll tell you what, I feel the same way here. We have some awesome people that hold our arms up that believe in what God is doing at Mount Hope Church, and you continually press in and press forward with us, ensuring that God's kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. And I love that about you guys and ladies. 2 Samuel 23, this is the NIV. Got it behind me if you'd like to read along. Verse 9, Next to him was Eleazar, son of Dodai, the Ahoite, As one of the three mighty men, he was with David when they taunted the Philistines, gathered for battle. And in here it says, Pasdamim. I'm not sure what that means, but I should have looked that up. Then the men of Israel retreated, but he stood his ground and struck down the Philistines. And this is the part you need to catch. Till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. He was all by himself, but it didn't matter because God was with him. And he didn't let go of that weapon. And we need to be the same. Would you stand one more time as we include the Lord in this message? Heavenly Father, loving Savior, Blessed Holy Spirit, we love you. 
God three in one. We need you. We need the power of the gospel to penetrate the darkest hearts, the hardest hearts. We need you, Lord, to move in us. We need you to fill us afresh and anew with your Holy Spirit. We yield to you today, and we trust that you will give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you're saying to the church on October the 9th, 2016. May we leave here today better. May we leave here today more encouraged. May we be changed from the inside out. That is our prayer today. And Lord, we entrust this message to you. We know your word will not return void. Teach us, Lord. Challenge us. And raise us up to a new standard as we serve you and your church. We pray this all in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you. My throat was parched earlier. I don't know if you've ever done communion and you're talking about it and you've got that little piece of bread in there and it's all dry and then you're trying to talk after that. And it's like, ah. Anyway. Have you ever done something for so long that you couldn't feel your hand or your arm any longer? Yeah, did that ever happen? <laughs> yeah. The claw, yeah. You know, the only time I probably ever experienced that was uh, <laughs> that fishing pole, man. It, it just, after 10 hours of doing that, it's, it's yeah, one more cast. That's my, uh, that's my name. Eleazar did that with his sword. That must have been a horrendous scene where this man fought and fought and fought until that Philistine army was defeated. But the final word was a great victory and a big win for God. Hallelujah. You know that's why we're here, right? To bring victory, to de defeat the enemies of God and to bring victory to Him. It's not about us, is it? It's all about Him. And here's the big idea today. Eleazar didn't win the victory the day of the battle, but in his preparation beforehand. No one achieves his or her dreams without daily disciplines. Some of you are young, some of you are older. You know you can always add discipline to your life. I've met some preachers that are in their 70s, even 80s, and they tell me, I'm not there yet. What's that tell me? They could be adding things if they're not to be more disciplined, to, be, to look more like Jesus every day. Everything we do should move us toward a win for God. Everything. And if whatever you're doing doesn't do that, then you need to get rid of that thing or that action, or that thought, or whatever it is. Eleazar went into that battle with the Philistines thinking, I will do all I can to defeat the enemies of the Lord, knowing that God is with me. Knowing that God is with me. And when we face a challenge, we need to go into it the same way. You know what? I can't do this in myself. The word today, the, the prophecy that was spoken, 
Move in His righteousness. It's not your righteousness. It's His. He already paid for it. You, you put on that cloak of righteousness and you begin to move as God directs and you'll see miracles happen in your life. This is an important truth, one that cannot be overlooked. We have to do our part in order for our God-sized dreams to come to reality. Too many people, they, they just say a little prayer and then they think, okay, it's in your hands, Lord. No, He expects us to do something. Take that step of faith. Get out of your comfort zone. Do whatever it takes to begin to move that thing toward God. And believe me, He's going to meet you right where you're at. He'll see to it that whatever you're trying to achieve will come to pass. Mark Batterson puts it this way. You can't just pray as if it depends solely on God. You also have to work as if it depends on you. It's your work ethic plus your prayer ethic that will inch you closer to your dream. Now we know that you can't do anything toward your salvation to achieve that. That's all up to God. But once you have said yes to Him, am I preaching truth here? Once you say yes to Him, then you start putting your effort forward. And that's when God takes what you've done and He multiplies it. 30, 60, and 100 times over. Thank you, Carrie, for bringing that out today. What this says to me is, lazy people will never accomplish anything for God. And I know if this is you, if you're finding yourself in here today and you're going, that might be me. It's not easy to accept that. Because you don't, nobody wants to, yeah, I'm lazy. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's good. Has anybody ever heard anybody say that? I mean, typically we don't run around telling everybody, yeah, I love being lazy, man. <laughs> to all the lazy people. No. Those that are willing to put a strong effort forth will achieve great things. Again, we have to be disciplined. And I'm, I'm not talking about the punishment, getting spanking. So I had a few of those growing up. But that's not the discipline I'm talking about. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defines this, and this is what I'm talking about with discipline. It is training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties or the moral character. That's what I mean by disciplines. You have to put yourself in a place where you can win. If an alcoholic goes to a bar, what have they just done? They've lost the battle. I mean, it's over right there. You don't put yourself in that place. Discipline says you go the other way. Go to church instead of the bar. Or go to somebody who you know doesn't drink if you want to hang out with somebody. That's a discipline, right? Hallelujah. I want to look at a baseball hero. and You know, when I read this, and I, I'll be honest, I'd never heard of this guy before. How many have ever heard of Shotgun Shuba? <laughs> I just like the name, Shotgun Shuba. Kind of a cool name, isn't it? On the afternoon of April the 18th, 1946, Jackie Robinson made his debut as the first black player in the modern era of the major leagues. 
He hit a three-run homer over the left field fence in the third inning of his first game. As he crossed home plate, the batter up, George Shuba, extended his hand in a congratulatory gesture. An Associated Press photographer captured that decisive moment. It was one small handshake, one giant leap for racial equity in professional sports. It took a lot of guts for both of those men to do what they did because that just didn't happen back then. But George was willing to take that risk. George, shotgun Shuba, went on to play seven seasons for the Brooklyn Dodgers and was on the 1955 World Series championship team. That's pretty cool. In his celebrated baseball book, The Boys of Summer, Roger Kahn said Shuba's swing was as natural as a smile. Shuba laughed at Kahn's description. During an interview with Kahn, Shuba walked over to a filing cabinet. He pulled out a chart marked with lots of X's. During the off-season, Shuba would swing a weighted bat 600 times a day. Did you catch that? A weighted bat 600 times a day. And that was after working his off-season job all day. Every night, he'd take 60 swings and then mark an X on the chart. After he did that, 10 times, he'd give himself permission to go to bed. That's discipline, folks. Shuba practiced that daily ritual for 15 years, and he was quoted as saying to this remark about it being natural, You call that natural? Shuba asked Khan. I swung a 44-ounce bat 600 times a night, 4,200 times a week, 47,200 swings every single winter. To add to this illustration, Mark Batterfield said, in my humble opinion, no one is a natural. Sure, some people are more naturally gifted than others, and we've met them, right? Usually they make you sick. Come on, I'm just being honest. They come out and they do things so well, it's like, But we see with George that wasn't the case. It's your work ethic plus your prayer ethic that will inch you closer to your dream. And it happens one day at a time. It happens once, one practice, one day at a time. I'll get that out. This next illustration, and we all have our actors that we like, actresses. And I only bring this out because he was mentioned in the book and I thought it was a really good one. Will Smith. He's known for a statement about a treadmill. How many of you have ever worked out on a treadmill? How many have ever flown off a treadmill? (laughs) Actor Will Smith said this, I'm not afraid to die on a treadmill. And this, this is what he meant. I will not be outworked. You may be more talented than me. You may be smarter than me. You may be better looking than me. But if we get on a treadmill together, You are going to get off first, or I'm going to die. We have to be committed to good discipline and hard work ethic. This is not Will Smith saying this. This is me saying this. We have to be committed to good discipline and a hard work ethic if we want to achieve our God-given dreams. But not unlike Will Smith, 
Are you willing to die on a treadmill? You can take that analogy and move it into any area of your life, regardless of whatever it is that God's calling you to do. Some of you are called to be servants in the hospitality area. You just love people. You make them feel good about themselves. You give them places to stay. You, you feed them well. When they leave your place, they're like, uh, I'm looking at my calendar, you know, uh, six months from today, I think I can come back. You know what I'm saying? Some of you are like that. Others, you're just encouraging. You know what it means to be down and out. And you look for the underdog and you try to minister to those people with the love of God, with what He's already put in you. There are so many things that we can compare to this. Are you willing to stay on that treadmill until you accomplish whatever it is that God is challenging you to do? How many have a dream today you know is bigger than you? I'd say half the hands are going up in this room. And listen to me. We talked about this earlier this week. If, if you don't have a dream, it might be, it might be, I'm not saying it is, it might be because you're lazy and you're not seeking God's face where you can hear from Him to understand what that dream is. It just could be. Or you might be in a place where, well, you just don't really get it yet. And that's okay. I just say to you, if that's you, Keep on pressing in. Keep on asking the Lord, show me what you want to do with me. He looks for His servants to come to Him and say, God, have your way. What do you want to do with me? Use whatever abilities I have to bring glory and praise to your name. No matter what dream you're chasing, there are no shortcuts. Too often, we try to take an easy path, and it never leads you down the path of righteousness. Never. It's tough serving God. It's tough doing the right thing. A lot is required of us. Much is expected. To those who much is given, much is expected. You have to do your homework. For Shotgun Shuba, it was swinging a bat. For Will Smith, it was his dress rehearsals. For Eliezer, it was sparring matches. Don't think that he just went out there and started swinging that sword. He practiced and practiced and practiced so that he could defend himself and his king. I'm not sure how a person's hand freezes to a sword, but I sure love that depiction. It's the ancient equivalent of dying on a treadmill, if you will. No one could outlast Eleazar, and that set the stage for this last part of this verse. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. Sometimes you think, oh, I just don't have what it takes. Well, let me tell you, sometimes all it takes is you being faithful and not giving up hanging on to that sword, not getting off that treadmill until you absolutely know that you've won the battle. Understand that the day Eleazar won the victory wasn't the day that he won the victory. He won the victory the day before 
and the day before that, and the day before that. Just as David defeated Goliath by fighting lions and bears first, it got him ready for what was to come next. If he just walked out there, and there was the, the Goliath, this giant, he had all those stones, he wouldn't have known what to do if he hadn't been practicing. He wouldn't have had the confidence nor the courage to go ahead with what God had challenged him to do. But just as David defeated Goliath while fighting lions and bears as a shepherd boy, Eleazar defeated the Philistines long before they met on that battlefield. Some of you need to get a picture of yourself wearing the victory garments because that's how God sees you. He doesn't see you as a loser. That's Satan. He's the destroyer. He wants to put that on you. With God, it's a big W or a big V. It's a win or it's victory. That's how God sees you. Hallelujah. This could be the greatest year of your life. It could be your dream year, but you have to win the day first. You get it? You have to win the day first. That's how you win the week. That's how you win the month. And eventually, that's how you win the year. No one achieves his or her dream without daily disciplines. Can I get a good amen? It's getting awful quiet in here. I know I'm, I'm using a lot of characters or illustrations today. In a Sports Illustrated interview, NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers, anybody hear of him? Okay, good. He said this about how he had reached such, such heights in football. I just wanted to be coached. How many of you just want to be coached? I raised my hand. Who's coaching us? The Holy Ghost? Amen? The Word? Right? And the more we go to Him, the more He coaches us, the more we look like Him, a winner. A winner. Let me conclude this thought. Why would such a great football player feel he needed to be coached even more? Most would have said, man, you need to teach me. <laughs> because in order to be a winner, you have to be willing to learn and to look for ways to improve yourself. If I stepped into this pulpit the same way today that I did 10 years ago, this room would be empty. But God has challenged me to come to Him, to discipline myself, to listen to His small voice, not on Sunday morning, but all week long. I, I just shared this with Pastor Roger. He speaks to me all week. This message didn't just happen this morning. He speaks to me all week, and He gives me these little nuggets. And the older I get, the less I remember them. I thank God for my, my cell phone, which has a little notepad in there. And whenever I get those nuggets, you know what I do? Write them down. That's right. Or how many have ever, you've dreamed something, and I mean a literal dream, where you're asleep, and you, you go through this, you preach the best message of your life. I mean, it's awesome, it's amazing. There are tens of thousands of people listening, and hundreds got saved at the end. And you wake up. 
And you're like, wow, that was a good message. What was it? If I write some of it down, if I could remember it, I'll remember it for a later message. But if I don't, later that day I'm going, what was that dream about? I've learned to write it down because this thing's fleeting. <laughs> it lets me down every now and then. In order to be a winner, you have to be willing to learn and look for ways to improve. The game isn't one on game day. It's one in the weight room, the film room, and the locker room. It's in your preparation, if you will. You get into shape one workout at a time. You get out of debt one payment at a time. You get your graduate degree one class at a time. You get the music scholarship one rehearsal at a time. You get that job promotion one project at a time. You get the game ball one practice at a time. Does that make sense? Discipline. Whatever your dream, you have to take that dream one step at a time. And if you keep doing the right things day in and day out, one day God is going to show up and show off with you. How many have ever had that happen? I love it. I love it. It's, it's so exciting when he just shows up and shows off. That's what he does best. He still gets the glory, but you get a couple of, good job, good job. Hear this. We live in a culture that celebrates 15 minutes of fame, but God honors a lifetime of faithfulness. The longer I live, the more I believe in long obedience in the same direction. That just means that you do the right things day in and day out, you will continually move closer to Jesus and look more like Him every single day. Obedience earns compound interest. <laughs> That's exciting. Over time, it's called faithfulness, and there is a cumulative effect. God's Word does not return void. He is watching over you with His Word. And when you speak his word, he's there to perform it. He who began a good work in you will bring that to completion. That's his promise. You don't start over every day. You build on the day before, and the day before that, and the day before that. John Wooden, legendary basketball coach who won 10 NCAA championships, would say this, to encourage his players, make this day your masterpiece. I don't know what the Lord's trying to do in us. I get glimpses here and there. Every now and then he shows me. But I still feel like I'm only seeing such a small piece of the picture. But if each one of us does our part, if we go after God, go after that God-sized dream that he's given us to, to grab hold of, that 500-pound lion that this series talks about, 
when we go after that in Jesus' name and when we are faithful, carrying out the things God has given us to do day in and day out, sometimes it may get monotonous. But I want to tell you something. God can honor that kind of obedience. And He does. And He will. Make this day your masterpiece. Hallelujah. The way you chase your, win, your dream is to win the day. Win the practice, win the class, win the meeting. Some of you know my son Joe, and when Joe was in high school, he started playing Grand Ledge football in ninth grade. In Grand Ledge football, you really need to start when you're about second grade, whatever it is, second, third, the peewee team. Because if you don't grow up with the team, then by the time you're in high school, the coaches aren't even going to look at you because they don't know who you are. And it's very seldom that you see anyone do anything because of that. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm just saying for my son Joe, who came into the high school kind of later, into the football program late in his life, it was difficult. He could have given up. He could have been... One of those that said, you know what, it's just not worth it. They're not even seeing me. I didn't even get to play. Goes to another game. I didn't get to play. Goes to the 12th game. I didn't get to play. First year, freshman year, never even went out on the field. I think they played him in one game. There was about 30 seconds left. They'd already won, so they put him in on the special team. But he didn't get disheartened. Next year, sophomore year, he comes back. When we went to his games, you know, I'm telling you, that his parents were sitting there going, oh, oh, great, he's not playing again. They played him about three or four times in his sophomore year, special teams, usually at the end of the game once they knew they'd already won. I felt sorry for him. I felt bad. But afterwards, he'd come out of that locker room, hey, it was a great game, we won, yeah! He didn't care. Junior year, they started playing him. And he was pretty good. That kid was a rocket on the field. He was on the, the kickoff team, and they'd kick the ball. I'm telling you, he, would, he was almost on the guy when the ball got there. And his coaches noticed. Hmm, Oberlin's pretty good. Took him three years to even get recognition that he was on the team. And then he played every game by his senior year. They were putting him in different places. And I'm telling you, he never gave up. And this, this actually happened. He had some of his teammates during practice look at him and say, Joe, Oberlin, oh, they always call him, Oberlin, what's wrong with you, man? You don't have to level me here. This is practice. And Joe would look at him and say, you know what? I'm going to hit you just as hard as that guy's going to hit you when we play the game. So just buck up and stand firm because I'm coming. That was the kind of attitude that all of those guys needed. Play just as hard as they can in practice as they are on the field. Otherwise, you get on the field and you get killed. But not with my son Joe there. Uh-uh. He made sure they were ready. 
He was disciplined. In fact, he was one of the most disciplined young men I probably have ever met. Long obedience in the same direction. We all have bad days, don't we? Shelly, do you ever have a bad day? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we all have bad days. When that happens, we need to minimize the losing streaks while maximizing the winning streaks. Don't remember all your failures. Remember your victories, too. And then improve on whatever it is that caused you to fail. You're not a loser until you quit. You know that, right? None of us, children of God, are losers until we just say, I can't do it anymore. God is just too much. That's not the kind of person the Lord wants us to be. Even if we're being nailed to a stake, we need to continue to walk in victory. So many people were martyred. And while they were being burned alive, I'd look at those people and say, God loves you. And so do I. They never gave up. And I want to tell you, when we get to heaven, there's going to be a parade of those folks. We're going to get to see what they did with their lives. Stack up your successes together, and the end result is what the author calls long obedience in the same direction. You getting anything out of this today? The Lord loves it when His people are obedient. You want to please God? Be obedient. By learning to build spiritual disciplines into your life, you are setting yourselves up for spiritual blessings. You need some blessings? Then start obeying God and stop doing things your way. <laughs> Real quick, 1 Samuel 15, 22. What's more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifice or your obedience to His voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. Submission is better than offering the fat of rams. God wants us to be obedient to be faithful over long periods of time. And then he can do great things through you, through your ministry. Hallelujah. You discipline yourself by getting into God's Word. David learned this. He said, I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word Psalm 119:11 I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you You discipline yourself by getting into God's word. Are you with me today? Let me say it one more time. You discipline yourself by getting into God's word. Can you say that? God's word. Can I hear a little bit louder? God's Word, that's how you discipline yourself. And when you combine discipline with faith and perseverance, God's Word has the ability to change the natural into the supernatural. What happens is we give up right at that point. 
where we've just about got the breakthrough. How many have watched the War Room video? That little lady gets in that prayer closet, man, and she starts whooping the devil with the word. Her prayers are going up, and people are like, yeah, my life's being changed because somebody's been praying. She didn't give up. She grabbed hold of that 500-pound lion, and she whooped it in Jesus' name. And then she went on to teach another young wife the same tactics, if you will. And that woman starts getting excited about who she is in Jesus. And she starts praying, and she starts being faithful to that prayer closet every day, praying for her husband, who was at the time wandering a little bit. If you haven't seen it, you need to get it. it it's a really great movie. And I love the part where she goes on her po- out on her porch and tells the devil off and tells him he has no business on their property. You get out of here in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And when we're disciplined like she was, like they both were, when we're praying and believing that God is going to move on our behalf, there's nothing He won't do for you. That's who He's looking for. People that are faithful over long lengths of time moving in the same direction. There are so many truths in this Bible study as I begin to close. So many many things that we can learn each week. I hope you're beginning to see that chase the lion means that you're going after what God wants you to do. It's the way that you spend your life on earth. Have you thought about that? What have I invested my life into? Is it all selfish stuff? Or is it all to His glory? For some of us, we find ourselves kind of doing one and the other, one and the other, one and the other. That's why when I talk about perseverance and faithfulness on the same path moving forward, that's what I'm saying. We're not, we're not like, you know what I'm saying? You can't live for Jesus on Monday and for Satan on Tuesday, and for Jesus on Wednesday and, and for God on Thursday. Do you see what? If you're doing that, you're losing ground. You want to win? You've got to keep moving in the same direction. You might get knocked down once in a while. None of us are perfect. I know that. But I'm talking about a lifestyle here, a discipline. Are you really serious about who you are in Christ? Or are you just playing church? How are you spending your life? By working hard and learning to discipline yourself, you are on the way to greatness. Do you think David thought when he was out shepherding the sheep, all right, I'm going to kill this bear because he's about to eat one of my dad's sheep. Do you think he was thinking, oh, someday I'm going to be king because I killed this bear? Uh-uh. No. He did what he had to do in that moment. Same with the lion. When the lion came out and he had to kill the lion, do you think he was then thinking, hey, I killed the bear and the lion, and I know God's going to use me. I'm going to do great things for God. Maybe one day I'll be the king. I doubt it. He did what he had to do in that moment. And sometimes that's all we have to do, is do what the day presents to you, live faithfully, walk on a straight path toward him in his righteousness, and at the end of the day, you're going to be able to say, I got the victory. Hallelujah. To God be the glory.
You might just be a moment or two away from a financial breakthrough, a miracle, or something where God is going to show you off to the world. I want to be ready for that. I want you to be ready for that. Would you stand with me? When we get to heaven, I want, I want to hear God say, Look, here's my servant, Norman. This is my faithful servant. Look at what we've been able to do together. I want to hear that. I'll be so pumped when that day comes. Because it'll mean the rest of this is all going to be a memory. The distant past. From there forward, going to live with him forever in the streets of glory. Going to live in his mansion where he's prepared a place for me to live. But while I'm on this earth, as a child of God, as one of his kids, as one of his servants, I need to do everything I can to be faithful. And it's not always easy. There are challenges sometimes that just kick our butts. I hope it's all right I use that word. It's too late. Andy, you can remove that one from the tape too. No, I'm kidding. But if we find ourselves knocked down, just like my son did on that football team, day in and day out, he would get trampled down, but he didn't let it keep him down. He got right back up and said, come on, man. He was a little guy too when he started the team thinner than most so he got trampled a lot like I said by his junior year I think he was about 165 and he was solid muscle I think he had 10% body fat he was a mean lean fighting machine and nothing would keep him down at that point but he learned day by day by day by day how to improve and we can do the same in our spiritual lives that's what God's challenging us to do through this message. Be faithful today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got its enough of its own problems. You can cover those when you get there. Just be faithful today with whatever it is that's coming at you. You get a glimpse of who you are to God. How do you do that? Spend time with Him. Come in here on... Tuesday night at 6.30. Where, is Julie in here? 6.30. Tuesday night. Down there in the children's room. Prophetic etiquette. I'm telling you what. They will pray over you. They will use their gifts. And you will hear things that you need to hear. Some that you might not want to hear. But it will be truth. Truth that will help set you free. Get into the Word. We have our Bible training institute on thursday night see this brother right here david alexander and that's at 6 30 on thursday night and you do need to sign up for that one though you'll get in the word uh thursday night when did you get out of here 9 30 because you had a prayer meeting it turned into a you taught the word you taught the class and then the, just erupted into a prayer meeting. This is the kind of stuff we got to put in if you want to be victorious. My wife and I have served here 14 years. We're in our 15th. 
We've done our best to be faithful and to be disciplined. And that's what it takes. You have to outlast the naysayers. And the devil, of course, is your biggest accuser. And when we remain faithful, moving in the same direction over a long period of time, that's when God shows up and shows off. How many want that? Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. Would you bow your heads? Father, we love you. We thank you for all the promises of Scripture. We thank you that you sent your one and only son, Jesus, to pay the ultimate price for our sins. And Lord, because of him, our sins have been forgiven and, and we are washed as white as snow. No longer are you reminded of the things we've done wrong. Rather, through Christ and his righteousness, you only see us for what we do right. Lord, we're going to give an account for what we've done on this planet, but it's going to be the good things that we've done. How we've been faithful over long periods of time, moving in the same direction toward you. Always giving you the praise and the glory. Lord, I trust that every man and woman, boy and girl in this room, I trust that they have a God-sized dream, but if they don't, give them one in the name of Jesus, I pray. Lord, challenge us to live bigger than we've ever thought possible. Better than we've ever thought possible. Because most of us beat ourselves down. Most of us think less of ourselves than we should. And it's not us, it's you in us that makes us good, that makes us great, that gives us the victory in Jesus' name. May we get that glimpse of who you see us as. May we get that God-sized picture of what you want to do with our lives. And I pray that heaven would move on earth, Lord, to accomplish this. And I believe today that the gates of hell will not prevail against us, will not hold us back. No weapon formed against us would prosper against us. But we have the victory today in Christ who gives me the strength to achieve great things in Jesus' name. Father, thank you again for everything you're doing here. I, I pray that even as we leave here today that this message will impart truths into our spirit man, our spirit woman, Lord, that we'll just be reminded of what you're trying to do in us. And again, I, I just emphasize that prayer. If there are people here that don't know who they are in Christ yet, Lord, just guide them. Speak to them. Give them a, a God-sized vision or even a dream, Lord, to see what you want to do with their lives and then help them to achieve that. Lord, we love you. We thank you for everything you're doing through your church, through this church, Mount Hope, the people here. Lord, we pray that you would keep us all safe as we come and go, as we work on this, this church this week. Uh, up high and down low, Lord, just help us to be safe, loose angels around our people. And uh, Lord, give us opportunities to share your love, to show others what it means to follow Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Now go out of here in victory today. Love God more than you did yesterday, and uh, I will see you next time. God bless you. Have a great week. We pray you enjoyed this message from Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at gaylorchurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. 
We can't wait to be with you again next week.